Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers last time on Dungeon Drunks. Our heroes are descending into the Scarlet Citadel, a dungeon complex that has a reputation for being an adventurer's tourist attraction, but it's proving to be far more dangerous than advertised. After fighting off some strangely mutated harpies and an owl bear, the group delves into the crypts of the long-forgotten dwarves who built the original fortress and talked with a dead body of a previous adventurer who confirmed that this complex is bigger and deadlier than they were led to believe. They now stand at the bottom of the stairs of the second level and have just survived a devious trap and must decide on how best to proceed. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome, Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren. You might know me as Oboe. Tonight, I have in my lovely groomsperson mug a giant thing of ginger ale because it's been a rough week and this is not the week for drinking alcohol. This is the week for being gentle on my body and my mind. And so I am enjoying, this isn't even uh, ginger ale, ginger ale. This is like really light ginger ale that Luke made in the soda stream. So it's light on bubbles and it's light on sugar and it's nice and it makes me happy. And it's, I don't often get to use my groom's person mug because I have it in a place in a display of honor which means I don't often think to actually use it as a drink, a drinking vessel. But today I do, and it makes me happy. Let's see, what order should we go in? Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Muscular. And tonight I have a Dungeon Drunks Classic, a Bottle Rocket. Once again, in my trusty Bucky's Tumbler here. This is a drink that I believe Jules named. That's right. It. And uh, I I just love it because it is really, really good. It's actually a good wintry drink because it's got the cinnamon of the fireball and also mm. the cola. It's just really, really good, really classic. And tonight's shot of fireball to be consumed at the first casting of fireball or the equivalent spell of is dedicated to me. Yes. Yep. Self-preservation. Self-promotion. I yay. recently won for the first time. Uh, Twilight Imperium 4th edition. I've won plenty of games of the 3rd edition of the game, but this last weekend I won the 4th edition as the Argent uh what uh, the Argent Guard, I think. Argent Flight. That's that's where they are. They're bird people, Lauren. They're bird Ooh. people. Ooh. Who are, who are hi were hidden sworn defenders of the galaxy, but they have emerged to take on the new threat of the of the Mechtal Gene Sorcerers. So they're really fun. They have a very, very cheap unit that is very, very, very good. Entire fleets were composed of this unit and I ended up uh, winning. I actually had the game in hand and then a buddy of mine decided to blow up one of my planets, Death Star style. And as he did it, he even pulled up a video on his phone of the fucking Death Star destroying Alderaan and played it as he played his his card that was or his, his yeah his card that was gonna that was gonna do it. He prevented me from getting the last secret objective I needed to win. Fortunately, two hours later, I was able to hold on and win. It was fantastic. And if you want to see that and other premium board gaming content content, if not 
often board gaming content, uh, check out my TikTok at Roadblock Actual, and uh, you'll see a few few of my things. I've got another one coming up. I'm, it's not going to be a super active account, just because when I... <laughs> Uh, the opportunity to film live board games is fleeting and uh, it doesn't come around very often anymore. But when I do, I will make sure and post uh, uh, afterward a couple of videos uh, every week and, and you'll just get to see some silliness and maybe some other stuff. And if you are a mutual, if you're a friend, friend me back and I will include you in my in my friend's cat circle. So Roblox Actual on TikTok. That hey. this fireball shot is for me. It is for <laughs> you, and you enjoy it whenever you want to. Uh, Bernie, what are you drinking? Well, there I water. <laughs> um, <laughs> God's ale, yay! God's ale. I was gonna have actually. I have a cider ready to drink, but consider my back has started hurting. So here's here's a fun peek. I think this is more. I would say behind the curtain, but I think it is more apt to say under the table. Because that's sort of actually where I am right now. I, I don't know how much I've talked about this. I have um, a slipped disc, which means sitting actually doesn't happen for very long for me. I usually stand. I have a lovely standing desk. But every now and then my back is just like, oh, fuck you. And I uh, have to lay down flat. And that's the only thing that prevents the pain. So I have moved my microphone onto the floor. I have a little pillow under my head and I'm laying here on the floor next to the wrappers of my Reese's pumpkin. Uh, so I did have treats. I think I got I think I got the better holiday treats. So do a little do some nice little like I guess some art crumbles. I apparently completely missed the trash can uh, when I was trying to throw this wrapper away, but that's fine. That's fine. I love the holiday shapes. I think they are the superior Reese's. But I found out something awful today, and I think I may not be able to eat the holiday shapes ever again. Oh, no. I don't know if I want to know. There is some candy, chocolate, a lot of chocolate candies apparently are made with palm oil. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I follow this, like, wonderful, wonderful place called the Carolina Tiger Rescue. If you're in uh, the Piedmont area of North Carolina, please go and get a tour and see all these rescued large cats um, that have been saved from like horrible, horrible situations. But one of the reasons that tigers in the wild are endangered is because tiger habitats are being cut down to create palm oil plantations. And they published a list of Halloween candies, and they said these are the candies that don't use palm oil. And if you're a fan of M&M's, I am glad to bring you some lovely relief and that, like, M&M's don't use palm oil. Most Reese's don't, but it turns out the fun holiday shapes, for some reason, are made with palm oil. And I was mm. just like, God damn it. I think the solution is, like, just focus on the candy that isn't made with palm oil. I mean, we literally live in a, like, a time period where we have the most access to candy that human beings have ever had. It's a wonderful treat. It's not a necessity for our lives. But it is a lovely treat. And so I think the second thing is, like, I don't know if we can shoot Reese's a quick email and say, hey, man. How about no on the palm oil? You're clearly doing a great job in the peanut butter cups. Can you please just make me a pumpkin that doesn't harm adorable animals? Yeah. I don't think that's a hard ask. 
But still, I will be making sure that I purchase lots of candy that I know doesn't have palm oil in it. Endorsed. Please stop using palm oil. We will buy we will buy the non-palm oil stuff. I would love to be like, hey, thanks. I really I just like I appreciate the products that don't have it. And I think that's a wonderful sign that you just don't have to put it in there. Also, later we'll talk about chocolate and slavery, but not tonight. That's a longer discussion. <laughs> Not tonight, but you know who also loves the tigers and is not made out of palm oil? Carlton, what are you drinking? Carlton, I hope you're not made out of palm oil. I have Dr. Pepper Zero. Ooh. You know, it's 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 Dr. Pepper. Mm, I forgot to uh, pick up uh, fancy sodas at the last grocery store run. You know, I was more concerned with getting formula. So, dad brain. I'm sorry, what are you talking about? Dr. Pepper is wonderful. Oh, I- I, that's why I have, like... like Three different flavors of Dr. Pepper in my house. Exactly. We got Dr. Pepper Zero. Then we got Cherry Dr. Pepper. And then we also got Dr. Pepper with cream. And and you have them in the adorable size cans. No, this is a regular can. No, it's an adorable size can because it's in your your hand. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's adorable. Show my can. (laughs) Anyways, yes, Dr. Pepper is what I am. My drink of beverage choice tonight. I love it. And last but certainly not least, and and also a person who loves the tigers, Travancore, what are you drinking? Good Tigers of Faerun. Travancore's <laughs> choice this evening is an old favorite for those of you listening to the show before. It's uh, Franzikana Weissbier off Deutschland. Mm. Uh, mm. But yeah, I, I not only returning to this, but I went for the first time in a year and a half to uh, the Total Wine in Claymont, Delaware, which is the closest one to where I live, and uh, got a chance to stock up a little bit of my, uh, my, uh, my bar. I have hard, hard liquor in my house for the first time in a very long time. I also bought some Pacifico for uh, for my wife. She enjoys a good Pacifico now and again. And let's do a live tasting because I forget how this tastes. Ooh. Yeah, I love how your green screen is is really struggling with that bottle. Well, I probably should have gotten one a bit colder. Like, uh, this one's been out for a little bit <laughs> for reasons. <laughs> but um, it's refreshing. It's a, it's a white beer. It's white beer, basically. It's premium white beer and naturtrobe. I'm not sure what that means. And it's from Munich. And I've never been to Munich before, but I went to Cologne about 16 years ago. So, uh, so that same country. I mean, it's not a very big place. It's like being, I think Germany is roughly the size of not quite Texas. Maybe, maybe Texas, actually. Maybe Texas is pretty giant. Texas is pretty big for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Texas is big. Texas is big, but it's not like the size of like, like China or, or Canada, for instance. Nevertheless. Very enjoyable. I'll be uh, be uh, be liking that. And Donald, it's an audio podcast. For so those of you who are not watching this, can't see it. But uh, but based on a joke where I actually have finally have a computer that's good enough to handle the uh, the alternate backgrounds in Zoom. Um, I had a blurred background originally, like B L U R R E D, and then based on the joke, I changed it to the new day and made it instead a blurred background. Aww. And I appreciate it because it's filled with rainbows and unicorns and trombones and, and who- named Francesca and the, and the WWE champion right in the middle. Exactly. Exactly. So so that whole picture with you in front and the new day in the back brings me joy. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm standing in for Big, Big E like it's a new day. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, what also brings me joy surviving traps and and dungeon delving, which we're doing a little bit of. It's not something the dungeon drunks do that often. But here we are. In level two of the Scarlet Citadel, let me paint for you a picture, as I've already given you the the basics of what has happened recently. But you are currently standing at the bottom of a grand spiral staircase, a little worn, 
into a room that looks like kind of a very plain room except for directly in front of the archway leading from the stairs into this stone room. There's grating on the floor, which Jonathan has recently discovered is because the trap requires there to be grating for the acid that came down the stairs to flow into. Other than the grating on the floor, the only other thing in this room are the two doors. One that is exactly opposite of the staircase that you've come down, and one that is to your right. Both of them seem to be heavy stone doors. Both are completely closed. And Carlton, with your passive perception, you do notice one other thing. The door on your right draws you a little bit closer because you notice something at the top of the door. And it's different than the other door. Both of them are plain stone doors, but you do notice at the top of the right door, it looks like there's holes, almost similar to like, you've been in some underground facilities, whether they be tunnels or a multi-story basement. You've been in a couple of dungeons before. And so you're kind of familiar with like ventilation shafts and ventilation holes. And they look like that, but they're a little too small and they're evenly spaced and they're in a door. And you do notice from from where you're standing at the bottom of the stairs, just moving slightly over to the right side and comparing it to the door opposite the stairs. The door on the right has these holes. The door in front of you does not. And that's what you see. What would you like to do? Point out the holes to those that are smarter than me. <laughs> and then I'm like, do you think that's for like a puzzle or a trap or... Um, um... Shall we like stick something in the hole? I think given that Jonathan just stepped on the floor and made the horrible, horrible thing happen... Not your, not your fault, by the way. I know it burns. It burns. It burns. It's okay. It's okay. I can fix it. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. But not right now. Maybe Detective Travancore should investigate. And before we touch any of the floor, the floor is is lava. The floor is lava. Detective Travancore, would you like to investigate looking for traps? Yes. I guess. I would love an investigation check. Whoa, whoa, Te whoa. How come Detective Travancore is not excited to investigate, saving our lives with his investigative skills? Still reeling a little bit from the uh, the harpy attack from not too long ago. That's not in- you didn't investigate that into attacking us. <laughs> it's true. That's well, not your fault. That harpy was going to attack no matter what. I know this because the DM had it prepared. <laughs> uh, um, natural 20. Hey! 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 I will say there have been times where I've pulled stuff out that I haven't been prepared for, but I will say also, in character, you know that that harpy was going to attack because it looked like the kind of creature and your all your passive insights picked up that it was the kind of creature that just attacked anything that came within its range. Travancore, with a natural 20. You can very clearly see the pressure plate that Jonathan had originally stepped on that caused the, the acid trap. That's coming down the land. That's on the bottom of the landing of the staircase. You all know to avoid that. The grating is very obviously just the collection point for the acid. 
Apparently, whoever sets up this trap likes to reuse acid, reuse, recycle, renew. That's what we call a closed loop system in manufacturing, friends. And that's what you want to look for when it comes to production. Well, the production of this (laughs) trap is very economical. It's wonderful. Looking around the rest of the room and around these doors, you do not see any other mechanisms, either mechanical or magical, I'll say. While your magical senses are not as honed as Jonathan's are, at least in the arcane, you're pretty sure there's no other traps in this room. And with a natural 20, I'll even give you that you are looking at the holes on the top of this one door, the door that's off to your right, and you're positive they're not a trap. And you actually take a second and and Shadow gives you a hand because the doors themselves are, they're like eight, nine feet tall and they're pretty wide. They're pretty big doors. And so you actually climb onto the back of Shadow to get enough of a lift to be able to look through the holes. And you do realize that, yeah, it's just holes through the top of this door to the other room. And you can very barely see because they're they're very small holes and they're not closely spaced enough that you can you can't like binocular through two you have to like peer through one you can see what looks like a glass tank with some green bubbling stuff inside travancore relays all of this to the party before he does that and i've been waiting to do this i've been waiting for this moment bernie goes Travancore, what do your half-elf eyes see? (laughs) (laughs) After that, (laughs) Travancore (laughs) relays the information to the party and asks, you don't have to make it racial. Oh, okay. What would you like to do? So that's the acid room. Y'all, we're pretty much, we know, I guess we should have this conversation in character. So it's a tank with some liquid I'm pretty sure that room makes ouchies. Travancore, with this new information, roll me a nature check. Detective Travancore Natures. <laughs> is that a no- wait? Is you that a natural, natural twenty? Yeah, I, I I guess I've seized Eesh. the means of production. I've seized the means of production. Damn. Uh, it's a twenty-six. So the natural twenty. Everybody drink. Dang. I feel like I should finish my drink. Wow. I feel like that's what you should have your your fireball shot. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Two natural 20s in a row. The double double natural 20 gets the fireball shot. Here you go. You look through this this hole and see what what is on the other side and mention it to everybody. Bernie makes a joke referencing a book that she had read in Waterdeep a while back that you all know is like a popular tome, but it's kind of, now it's kind of a a joke that just comes up every once in a while and you roll your eyes. But her then mentioning the acid makes you look again with keener eyes, with more of the, uh, the naturalist in you. And that is not acid in that tank. Something about the viscosity of it, something about the way that it's moving around. The bubbles that you see are not rising in the way acid itself is fairly watery in in consistency. Whatever that is, you are 100% positive that is not acid. Do I have an idea of what it is beyond that? Um, You know what? With a natural 20, yes. You, you think it resembles an ooze? Yeah, the color is a little bit off, but it does resemble like a, an ooze, almost like a gelatinous cube. But of course, it's not clear. 
But yeah, some ooze. Yeah, I think we have a new situation here, everyone. Was I oozed? Oh, ooze that. Uh, no, you very clearly, that was that was acid, but you do know that ooze does do, many types of oozes do acid damage. Nah, ooze, you weren't oozed. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I want to give you all disadvantage for that, there, but I There's an ooze in the hoose. Ooze in the hoose. <laughs> ooze ready to go forward with me in this, in this dungeon. An ooze let loose in the hoose? I'm just, I'm just gonna stay quiet. Just got power through it. This is how the dungeon drunks die. This is where, yeah. this, yep. This, this is, is the TPK. We are yes. listen. We earned this TPK. All right. Not, not with a dragon, but with a pun. That's how y'all die. <laughs> <laughs> not with Pretty a dragon, but with us. a whimper. I think that's good. I think this is if, if this is how we die. So be it. <laughs> if this be my destiny. Well, how would you like to die? Would you like to uh, examine the right door or examine the front door, I'm going to call it? The right door being the one with the holes, the front door being the one on the opposite side of the stairs. Ooze for all going through the ooze door. I kind of uh, want to not go through the ooze door, but like open it behind us and find a way to shatter the tank. Investigate the ooze door? Yeah, either by launching, I don't know, an arrow or like a fireball Wait, 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 it. wait. Okay, hold on. We know there's an ooze behind door number one. Do we know that door number one is the door we need? Or are we just in the mood for fighting an ooze? Ooze in for the ooze train! Well, I mean, my thought is that if the ooze is there, it's either, one, a trap meant to kill us all, or it's protecting something behind it. And I'd like to eliminate the possibility, if there is nothing behind it, you know, great, we just try the other door. But if there is something behind it, we miss out on it by trying the first door. Or trade it for another danger, potentially. Okay, that's, that's fair. I'll call that one pretty fair. Yeah. We, we we light the fuse for the ooze. If we go to the door, there will be a lot more puns, and we might die. If we don't go to the door, there will also be a lot more puns, perhaps less likelihood of dying. Bernie says, yeah, okay, let's go see about killing an ooze. Here's the other thing. If the ooze can go out through those holes and we go through the other door, what's to say the ooze isn't going to sneak up behind us? Can oozes squeeze through holes? Is that? I thought that's why that, that those holes were there for it to come out. I thought it was ventilation and that it came through the door. Carl, Because that's what doors are for. Yeah. Roll me a nature check. I would love to. Nature is great with a plus one. Nine. Nine. I used all the good rolls. I'm sorry. I mean, Bernie makes a few good points. But you, you think an ooze could fit through there. Bernie, could you not shove jello through that hole? You could, but could the jello reconstitute itself back into a singular jello? If it were sentient, maybe. Is that a thing oozes can do? Can they be split apart and reconstitute? Are they like. I mean, we fought oozes before. Yes, but I have the memory. I have a memory like a sieve. The last ooze we fought also shaped itself from an ooze into people and made me think that I wanted to take care of those people. Oh. And it lied to me. Oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. It was oh. a very mean ooze. That ooze is lying, ooze. So I assumed that if it could form itself into a person, it can form itself into a tiny hole. I, you know, not, not knowing, not knowing anything really about how oozes work and currently laying on the floor far from my character sheet and not willing to get up and do a roll to see how much I do know. I'm going to say, yeah, perhaps the ooze can squoosh itself 
out through those holes, kind of like stuff pushed through the holes of a meat grinder. And then it's going to squish back together and get... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's kill the ewes. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into one single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from our favorite D&D streams, books, and Faerun's lore. Every week there's something new happening, and the game is available on almost any platform. Need some loot to gear up your champions? We're happy to offer a free Electrum chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on November 7th at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. T-A-S-K-B-U-L-L-D-U-D-E So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. All right, Jonathan the Medge Muscular is going to step back from the door with the slots, cast Mage Hand. You have your Mage Armor on, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's slice the pie. He's going to try and try the door. What's the amount of poundage that a Mage Hand can move? Five pounds. Okay, so what I'm going to say is you can, the handle on it moves a little bit. So you can tell with your mage hand it is not a locked door, but the door is heavier than five pounds. It's a heavy stone door. Got it. All right. Jonathan the Medge Muscular has another solution. Is it Carlton? Uh, (laughs) Normally it would be, but today we're going to see if, because Jonathan the Medge Muscular uh, kind of didn't bring up his character sheet. There we go. Okay. Let's see if I have a spell of of that caliber left telepathic bond oh i do so jonathan the magic muscular is going to be like okay everybody stand back he's going to cast big b's hand oh okay and big b's hand is going to just delicately pinch the door and try and open it okay it's a push forward door (laughs) so it's gonna click but then he's gonna push with it yeah and big b's hand absolutely has the strength to do it. And since you are intentionally being cautious about this, I'm going to say you don't have to roll. The door swings on in. It makes that concrete on concrete noise, that kind of gravelly stone crunching noise as the door is flush with the floor, but it is not brand new and it is not completely well cared for. So it's got this grindy feel to it. It's not incredibly loud, but it does make some noise as it swings open. And you look inside to see a bit more than what Travancore had seen looking through the hole. This room that you enter or that you see into, it's about 35, 40 feet across and maybe only about 30 feet deep. And there is a passageway when you're looking into the room that leads off to the left that looks like it's a an archway and maybe only about five, ten feet, and it rounds a corner into what you can tell is another room because this room is well lit, actually, Uh, and so is whatever that other room is. The one that you're looking into, you see a bit more of the vat that Travancore had noticed, but now you see the full thing. 
Three huge vats stand along the far wall of this chamber. And while the vats appear to be sealed and covered by what looks like a clear crystal lid, the room itself has this acrid scent to it that stings your nostrils and your eyes water a little bit. The vats are linked by a complex web of hoses and tubes that are gurgling and pulsing, and the bubbling that's going on in each of these vats moves slowly as it's obvious that the liquid that's in these vats is, like Travancore noticed, not acid, not watery, but slimy and thick. The equipment in this room kind of resembles a distillery. Very odd, very rusted, but a distillery nonetheless. And on the wall that's closest to the door, there's a desk, kind of a rickety old wooden desk pushed up against the wall with a bunch of writing implements on it. And you don't see anything else. What would you like to do? We, we've established earlier that Jonathan the Magimuscular is definitely of the arcane school of things and not necessarily of the alchemical school of things. But it's one of those things, I know it when I see it, does this some, appear to be some sort of alchemical setup? Uh, very clearly, yeah. You don't even have to roll for that. Like I said, it, to all of you, it resembles a distillery. If it wasn't for where it is and the actual contents of, of what's in these vats, which you're still a, a little unsure of, otherwise, this would be an alchemical setup for sure. Does uh, Jonathan the Match Muscular is going to lean up to one and he's going to... Bigby's hand has been following. So Bigby's hand is walking on two fingers right now. Okay. And you'd almost think it was like a furtive walk. Like it's putting, it's doing that thing where it puts like one, one finger right in front of the other as it walks. It's, it's kind of got a, a hand model walk as it's like kind of sauntering through. Okay. But it's going to curl up and very gently tap on the glass. Are, are, they, are these uh, vats different colors? Wait, hold on. You're about to break the first rule of zoos and tap on the glass. Also, the first rule of horror movies, don't tap on the glass. We've <laughs> also literally tapped on the glass and paid the price for it in a past adventure. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, hold on, we don't have a, it's probably not the first rule of horror movies. The first rule of horror movies is don't fucking go in there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, we broke that and, rule, so With, with that. an addendum of don't go in there alone. <laughs> don't go in there. Did you go in there alone? Why didn't you flip a damn light switch? But also somewhere along down the line is don't tap on the glass when there's a monster. Are these different colors? Uh, no, they're all the same color. Green. They're like a palish green. Is there anything? Is there anything like floating in it, like little bones or little skulls? You know, you know, you always see like like gelatinous cubes. And there's always, it, depending on how adorable the cube is, it could be either like horrible gnarly bones or it's like cute bones, like cute ooh, bones. Yeah. I'm an ooze. Ooh. Like, I'm a little, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little squishies. I don't mean, I'm not going to do any harm. I'm not going to do any of the I've already done my harm, and and so it's fine. You. No, no, no. Don't look at these cute bones. Lovely bones. They don't belong to anybody I killed. Give me an investigation check. Investigation. Well, that's been a minute since we've done that. Uh, dirty 20. It's not my fault. I was holding the bones for a friend. All right. So looking around the room... Being careful not to touch anything or tap on the glass like, you know, you've, you've been warned about in horror movies. 
you don't see anything in the liquid in any of these tanks. Um, nothing that would that are the classic telltales of it, like a gelatinous cube or an ooze. It does seem to be thick liquid. It's kind of the consistency of ketchup. Okay. If mm. I could use a food metaphor. Um, you also notice as you're, I'm, I'm kind of extending this to the whole room. You, you take a look at the desk to see if there's any notes or a notebook or anything. And you do see there's a notebook on the desk. It's filled. It's hard to decipher. It's not that it seems to be in a cipher or anything. It's just, you know, Jonathan, that when you pick up someone else's spell book, you can't read it. But you can tell it's a spell book because you can understand the arcane symbols that are there. You can see how the drawings would create something that another arcanist would understand, but you can't read it. And you get the sense this notebook is the same thing. Um, it's filled with rows of numbers and alchemical symbols in bunches of different colors. And you can't tell what it is but you can see that it is it's a methodical accounting of something all right so jonathan the Magimuscular, heeding the advice of his party is not going to tap the glass is there you said there's pipes everywhere are the pipes made of metal yes okay. uh, some of them are corroded and rusted but they are metal jonathan the Magimuscular is going to go to the so and the pipes connect to the holes that we saw that that Travancore saw near the door, right? No, actually, the holes are just holes through the door. The pipes themselves are on the opposite wall mm -hmm. and they all connect to each other in a way that you would expect a distillery to. It seems to be a closed system. This doesn't connect to oh, I see. anywhere else outside of this room as far as you okay. can tell. Well, Jonathan the Muscular was originally thinking and he'll kind of say this out loud that he was thinking of pinching all the pipes so that they can't, whatever's meant to flow through them, can't flow through them. Basically sabotaging it, using Bigby's hand to just pinch, pinch, and just close off the pipes. But if this, if, if we feel like this isn't like feeding the acid trap somehow, or I, I don't know. Jonathan, when you say all of this, mm -hmm. do you actually use Bigby's hand to touch anything or examine anything? Not yet. Okay, so Bigby's hand, one one meaty, forceful finger of Bigby's hand is like inches away from the glass. He was about to tap before he was warned off by literally the rest of his party. Okay. <laughs> so he hasn't tapped yet, but now he's he's saying, well, what if we didn't leave this to actually work? Like, clearly this is, this is the work of our wayward alchemist. Uh, but I feel like whatever he was tasked to do, uh, maybe we shouldn't let happen. I definitely agree with you that anybody, I don't think he's working on the cure for, for you know, cancer. I don't know if cancer exists in this universe, ah, but it does, it's a consumption. Well, that's just tuberculosis or any wasting disease of the lung, honestly. I'm, I'm going to say no, there's no cancer in this universe because fuck cancer. And there's plenty fuck of other cancer. horrific things. Okay. But you know what? In my universe, there's no cancer. I like that. He, it's not the cure for the common cult, but it's... Exactly. Yeah. It's not, it's Lerum. Um, He's not trying to cure Lerum. So yeah, Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to, 
pinch off the pipes that lead to these deals with Bigby's hand, just like at the top where the pipe comes out, just pinch and just basically sabotage the rest of this setup with Bigby's hand, which probably can pinch a metal pipe. Okay. Before he does that, Burlock Balms over here would like to sit up. Oh, Burlock Balms is getting up. Uh Uh-oh. Burlock Bones rises from her position on the floor. <laughs> I see Burlock Bones rises. Oh. I'm I was, that, that deserves You merely voice. adopted the floor. I was born. <laughs> <laughs> I was, Burlock Bones is um, going to put her investigation hat on because she wants to make sure that in pinching the pipes, we're not creating. I don't know if Bernie is smart enough to know this. She's. She's got she got wisdom. I feel like though Bernie double checking the work is is totally in line with what she would do. Well, let me okay. let me ask before you roll anything because I might be able to help. What exactly are you trying to double check for? Pressure valves. Like okay. any indication that in pinching these. So Julia the player has if we want to get meta I think that this liquid is what was put into the harpies and the other things in order to make some kind of Frankenstein's monster out of them or change them. Because we talked about the fact that those things were different. Yes. And I think this has to do with it. I don't want it touching my precious, precious gnome's skin. She has a Oh, you think it's the mutagen, yeah. I think it's the mutagen. I don't want us to be mutagenated. And would like to make sure that in pinching these pipes, we are not going to cause a pressure backup that creates some kind of explosion. Okay. This is all based on watching a lot of cartoons and not any engineering knowledge whatsoever. No, that's okay, because there's an in-game reason why Bernie would know this. Because Bernie, as a rock gnome, you have a thing called Artificer's Lore, do you not? That's right. What does Artificer's Lore give you? What does Artificer's Lore give me? And where the hell is that on my character sheet? That's right. That's why I made Billy Bopa Boom a rock gnome. If you go to Features and Traits on D&D Beyond and scroll all the way to the bottom to Racial Traits, tell me me what that says. Artificer's Lore. Add twice your proficiency bonus to history checks related to magic items, alchemical objects, or technological devices. All right, can I do a history check and add twice my goddamn proficiency bonus, which is what? Well, so a a while ago when I made this character sheet for you, I did something smart, and I'm going to crow about this for a second. If you look at your skills, since you've gotten up and you're looking at your character sheet, look at your skills, go all the way to the bottom, you're going to see a skill that's intelligence, magic items, alchemical objects, or technology, plus 13. Because you get to add twice your proficiency bonus, which is six, so it's 12. And then intelligence is not your strong suit, but you get a plus one to that. So you get a plus 13 on this roll. So you should be able to just click on that. And yes. So the answer is yes. Because you're a very clever gnome. That's a 28. Nice. Awesome. Huzzah. going to finish my drink for that one. Because um, my dad, he used to make things, and also I used to sit there, and I have a small concern about pinching the pipes. So you, you've you watched Travancore take a look around, you've listened to Carlton and, and Jonathan, and you 
think for a second and then you you examine these pipes. So there's a couple of things that you take all of these puzzle pieces and put them together. What's in these vats seems to be extract from an ooze. There isn't an actual living creature in here, or at least not anymore. This is like ooze plasma. This is this is like someone managed to suck the blood of an ooze out, whatever that might be. And so there is nothing sentient in these tanks, but dangerous, yes. And as you look around, as Jonathan is using his Bigby's hand to point to different places that he was going to pinch, you spot two places that if he was to pinch would eventually build up pressure and one of these tanks would explode. But he could pinch off a couple of places that you can point to that will not have any explosive outcomes, but would make it incredibly difficult to get this machine to operate again. And the other thing that you do see is, like any distillery, there's a place that has a nozzle in where stuff would come out, whatever has been distilled. And so you realize he could crush that nozzle and it would at least delay, if not prevent anyone from harvesting whatever it is this thing is distilling. But you also realize that probably means there's got to be vials of whatever it is they're distilling around here somewhere, and that might tell you more about what's going on. Okay. So, Carlton. Yes. Very good news. You were right. What? Dear Diary, today I was right. This is not an ooze. It is the goo of an ooze. Goose, if you will. It's goose, ooze. We, and, and Bernie like looks over to where Bigby's hand is like ready to pinch. She goes, if we pinch there, the goose will explode. The hand reels back a little bit. And we're all going to have a bad time. You know how in Adam's family, the thing could emote even though it was a hand? Yeah, mm-hmm. I loved it. The Bigby's hand emotes. Mm-hmm. It recoils. I've been picturing it as thing this whole time. I also think that if you knew sign language, Bigby's hand could could sign language. Did we ever decide that we learned common sign? And not yet, but I can I can make that happen. Okay, but so not actually, so yeah, here we go. So this is, here's the Bigby's hand, my meaty little hand. So it was like this, and then it goes like that. And then as the, as you say that, it goes. For those of you enjoying this. As an audio podcast. Invisible radio pantomime. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. about to say. I'm doing things with my hand. It's hilarious. Uh, Jonathan is holding <laughs> his hand as if to pinch and then has suddenly done a quick sh- twist and jerk back away from said pinch as if the pipe is on fire. Detective Travancore. And Bernie's going to point over to the like nozzle. We have to find the goose that has been oozed out of the noozle over there <laughs> into some conduzles. <laughs> I love you all. I really do. So the concentrate. Um, uh, there's probably some vials of this around, and I think someone with a good investigation could take a look at them and figure some stuff out. But, but, in order to prevent 
anyone from getting more out of here aside from pinching and burning us that pipe that pipe that pipe not that one you could also pinch shut the hose pipe and then the hose pipe the hose pipe you can poos the hose pipe the contains the concentrated concentrated the goose oh goose uh, it's a whole thing. There's... You can make sure the goose can't ooze out of the who's pipe. <laughs> We're struggling here. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Okay. I'm not... We are currently off the rails. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna kill you later. It's fine. I haven't had any alcohol <laughs> or. Well, I it's, it's fine. We we've run into an oozident. Yeah. <laughs> on hearing Jesus. Bernie's request for a master investigator, uh, Travancore immediately turns over to Shadow. And tries to see if he could like smell smell out like that goose that ooze and see if he can figure out where these vials are using a little sm- little thing I like to call a smell check. Sure, I will. I will happily allow that. Can Bernie say shadow? What is your bear nose smell, or is that a- <laughs> is that is that bearsist? <laughs> I would really love to see a cut of that scene where Legolas goes, "Yeah, that's a little racist, buddy." Yeah, and let's fish for that crit because why not? Because you've already had two of them today. Why not a third? Well, either way. Well, no, but they're both very good because they're both the exact same role. So that's going to be a 31. Oh. Ooh. Okay. Oh, Shadow has a moment where it's actually really difficult to smell anything besides the three vats of whatever this horrific acidic ooze extracted stuff is. Um, And he... he had... <coughs> and then eventually he kind of clears his sinuses and takes a sniff around very quickly trots on over to the desk that Jonathan had taken a look at what was on top of, but because you were all being careful about touching anything, had not opened the drawer of the desk. Shadow, not having that compulsion, paws at the drawer and opens it up, and you hear the gentle clinking of vials. And when you look on in, you see three vials, not in a holder, but lying on what looks like a couple of dirty rags, like this is all this person had to do some basic safety to make sure these glass vials do not clink into each other. All of them are kind of your your standard long, thin, corked vials. One of them is red. Two of them are a pale green. So are you saying these are... Cranberry and green bean flavored. The cranberry and green bean flavored. <laughs> I will even or the say, Christmas flavored. Um, you can read enough of Shadow's expression that you take a closer look at the two greenish pale green vials and you realize they're not the same vial. One of them is actually a different pale green than the other. There are three different vials in here. And three when, different vials, but only two colors. But only two colors. And when you ask Shadow, because you had asked him to go looking for, or to go smelling for this ooze-extracted smell, looking for the essence of ooze, as it were, he gently noses the palest green one. Do you pick them up? Um, hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll pick the palest green. I'll pick all three of them up. Okay. Actually, is there a way for me to pick them up using the cloth that's provided there so that I don't actually touch them with my skin? Oh, absolutely. You can, like, grab them as a bundle in the the rag and pick them up. I will bundle my oozing services. Jonathan 
since your arcane knowledge is pretty high, you do notice the red one. You're pretty sure is a potion of healing. You're not sure of the quality of it, but that color is very distinctive. Okay. And yeah, he's going to be like, oh, hold on to the red one. We'll, I'll figure out what it is. He's like, actually, hold on to all of them. I'll figure out what it is Wait, later. Bernie is a healer. No, I was just wondering if uh, Bernie could do some kind of like... Like she, sh- I feel like she should be able to straight up identify a healing potion, right? Because that's more arcane. I'm not going to say no, but it's not as easy as Jonathan because these are magical, and your your innate magic for healing is a divine thing that you do. Fair point. But we'll go back to that idea of you having some alchemical sense to you. I'll say you you at least can absolutely confirm with Jonathan. That's a healing potion just on sight. You could identify all three of these. You would need to open up the cork and either look, smell, taste, touch. You would you need to actually do more than see them to be able to identify all three of them. And this is kind of true for everybody, but you would know that innately. This is something that you can't just tell by the color what it is. Your healing knowledge and your alchemical knowledge is able to support Jonathan's, oh, that's a healing potion, and you can 100%, yep, healing potion doesn't look like it's been tampered with. Okay, how do you all feel about popping the corks and wafting in order to identify what they are? The Big B's hand gives a thumbs up. We can, Big B can, um, can be in charge of the waft or the pop. How about, yeah, the waft, I think. You get a good waft with that kind of hand. Who's got the best nose of the group? The probably the, the being that found the vials in the first place. So to sort of wrap up at least the the mutagen aspect, is there a spare vial around? Sure. Okay. So Bigby's hand is going to carefully grab this vial, like very gently. It's like one of those. It's like one of those where like the guys who can pi- who can drive the the big uh, the big cranes and diggers, how they can use it to like pop a bottle. That's the kind of dexterity the it, this has. Is it? positions a, a spare vial under the mutagen tap. Jonathan the Magimuscus is going to use Mage Hand to pour about a third of the vial with the mutagen and then turn it off. And we'll, we'll get that far. We'll see if we can do that bit. Okay. We can at least do the pinching before, because Bigby's Hand only lasts for 10 minutes. So I want to get the pinching in before okay. we do anything else. Yeah, you definitely get the pinching in. I'll, I'll say well, that that's... That's done. Okay. The hand is strong enough, and these pipes are not strong enough to withstand it. And Bernie's able to point you to the right places. Got it. You all know the fastest way to identify a potion? Take a little taste. That being said, as you pop open these corks, are you popping open all three, or did you just pop open the one? Just the one for now. Okay, and it was the one that you think is the... The healing potion. Oh, the healing potion. Okay. Pop it open. You do a little bit of a waft. Once again... You know you got to taste it to know for sure. You got to stick a finger in and stick it on your tongue or identify. Right. Uh, that's that's probably safer. And I could do that as a ritual. Yeah, you <laughs> can't do the you, you can't tell from the waft what kind of healing potion it is. But okay. but you are 100 percent positive. This is just a this is a standardish healing potion. You just can't tell what level it is without without a taste. How about the others? Are you doing anything with the other two vials? Not yet. Mm. Let's pop a cork. I'm feeling reckless. All right. Do you want to pop the cork on the one you think is the the ooze stuff or pop a cork on the other one? 
Pop a coke on the goose. On the goose. Shall we? Yep. What? Let's. Why don't we wait until I can I just identify it with magic versus nose? Because we've seen we've seen what happens when this stuff comes in contact with other stuff. That's true. Okay, well, are you going to do this ritually on all three, or are you going to just first? I'm going to pour myself a sample, a straight, a straight goose sample, a a straight goose sample right from the tube. I'll say that one when you waft, you can uh, smell the same acid, acidic that's in the air. Uh huh. You're pretty positive that second one is some sort of extraction of whatever's in that those tanks. But okay. once again, tasting is the only way to know for sure besides identifying. Okay. You guys, I think Lauren really wants us to taste, take a swig. Exactly why we're not going to do it. Why, I'm just this saying. is where I feel like if this was a video game, I'd save and just drink them. So it's like a mimic only as a parquet lid? I will take parquet. the one and I will dip which, my finger. Which one? No, which one? Not, no, 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 don't. Which one? Let's do it. Let's no. Let's, no. let's be bad. Which one's left? Well, we, don't, we have two green ones. You've got you've got a green one that you're pretty sure is an extraction of these oozes. You've got a red one that you're pretty sure is a healing potion, and you've got a third one that is a greenish. Don't know what it is. Bernie says, "Go ahead and do it. I saved the game. It's fine." Okay, Bernie, which one? Which <laughs> so we one? don't. Which I one? don't need to. So, John, hold, before we do this, Jonathan Mad Muscular doesn't have to do the pour one out. We've already got one in a vial. We've already right? got one. Yeah. Okay, then never mind. Okay, so Jonathan the Med Muscular positions the hand right next to Carlton says all right if you do this and you start going bad you know I'll I'll, I'll smack you and hopefully you'll spit it out right John, that's how it works. as you know from your training the way that if we cannot identify the way to do it is by taste now I've drunk a lot of things so if I just taste I don't have to swig the whole thing I just taste it. Okay. I, I have all of Bernie's better judgment is out the window. All of her caution is gone. And... Yeah. Just for a larf. Yeah. This is this is what happening. And Bernie said she'd take care of me, so that's a Bernie and I have collided in that Julia is ex- you know what? We are so fucking cautious. I want to do something dumb. Let we there is literally right, the, zero uh, the consequences. First one, the extraction of the ooze. I'm gonna dip my finger in and then taste it. Okay. All right. Jonathan Muscular prepares the Bigby's hand and whispers to Bernie, exit strategy. Okay, I got this. It's fine. It's fine. You dip your finger into the ooze extraction and taste it. Yes. And you take two acid. Taste my finger. You take two acid damage. Great. It's, Ow, it's, my tongue. Bleh. That's real foul. Bits Do of you have ooze. a hole in your tongue now? No, you've, you've tasted that kind of acidic before. It's a little, it's thick. You've actually been inside gelatinous cubes before. This taste is Got familiar. It. It's it's yeah. concentrated, but it is not. Oh. You don't <laughs> feel any <laughs> different. You feel a patting on the back as uh, the the uh, the the Big B's hand tries to burp you, burp it out of uh, you. I open up the bag of holding and I go alchemy jug. I pull it out and I go beer. And I Bernie, <laughs> make a quick medicine right. check for me. Well. I think that's fitting, considering how Bernie was egging all of, went from cautious to egging all of this on. That's a natural one. Ah, here's what I'm gonna say with your natural, with your natural one, because what what's the the total on it anyway? Because your medicine six. You think he'll be fine? Oh, great. Yeah. Bernie says, actually, I was gonna say, put a little drop drop of the healing potion on top. The red one. F- f- red one's it, next. Fix it real quick. I use a different pinky this time. Okay, you put a drop of the healing potion on there. I'm going to say you heal one, 
it is a potion of healing. Does it taste more concentrated than other healing potions I've had? Concentrated, no. It, but it so is like a stronger version. It is a greater healing potion. Got it. Bryce, Bryce is okay. Okay. And then finally, mysterious green one is getting a taste. All right. You dip your finger in there, stick it on the en- end of your tongue. Your tongue goes a little bit numb. Oh, that's oh, like, you're not quite there with. Like mm, oh, that's you can't taste anything anymore. You can still feel it; it's still there. And all of you notice that his tongue has turned kind of green and translucent. Uh. <laughs> Carlton, what you found is a potion, gelatinous form. Oh. And with that, we'll pause there. And the next time we get together, we'll explore what you can actually do with a potion of gelatinous form and what's going on in the rest of this part of the Scarlet Citadel. But first, let me give you some experience for all of the ooze puns, for being cautious when you thought you needed to, and then being reckless when it was fun. <laughs> bravoos. <laughs> bravoos. Bravoos. And now bravoos. I'll give you negative 4,000 points for bravoos. Oh, no! no. negative 4,000 points, Lauren. <laughs> At least 4,000. 4,000. I'm giving you 10,000 XP to split among the four of you, and the next time we get together, we'll see... Uh, what happens with a potion of gelatinous form and what happens next? I feel like this is us making our very own Dr. Susan book. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at dungeondrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeondrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Rebecca, a.k.a. Bunny Monster, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.